0: Hello and welcome to TV Dinner, the podcast where we take three bites out of a show and tell you how it tastes. I'm your host Colina.
1: I'm your other host Sean.
0: And this week we are watching The Umbrella Academy. And I'm just going to go ahead and say the uh, elephant in the room. Yes. Uh this will be our last episode.
1: Unfortunately.
0: But we had a really good nearly 2 year run. So Yeah. And and this, uh, probably not on this feed, but the podcast is going to be archived. So um, if this feed dies, it will still be available.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: So just putting that out there. But yeah, uh, that doesn't mean we're not doing stuff anymore. We're still doing D20 Downtime, our Dungeons and Dragons podcast. And if you follow us on Twitter, I'm going to be reworking that... Uh, Twitter into my next project's Twitter. Mm. So we'll see how that goes.
1: Yeah, we'll see how it goes. Uh, should we get into, like, reasons why it's ending? Uh, well, Let's do that at the end for now.
0: What do you sure. know about The Umbrella Academy? Uh, I read it. I did too, but... Ah, I had uh, no
1: idea if you did or not.
0: I'm pretty sure I borrowed it from you.
1: Really? I don't yeah. have it on my shelf anymore, so I don't know when that was.
0: Um, Do I have it on my shelf? Hold on.
1: Uh, I don't remember that being one of the ones you borrowed from me.
0: Okay, I probably borrowed it from someone else then.
1: I don't mm-hmm. have it anyway, so... <laughs> so it's one of the comics uh, written by Gerard Way. What are the other comics he's written? Um. Well, I know he's... R- r- To be honest, the only other comic thing that I can remember that he's, uh, made, uh, is that he created, uh, Penny Parker in Mm Spider-Verse, uh, and her jumping around in her giant robot. Although her comics version is not like the movie version. She's more of a, more of a serious protagonist, uh, with a, like, more serious anime look, where they went more cartoony in, uh the Miles Morales Spider-Verse movie.
0: I feel like there's something new he's putting out
1: soon. And I know he's got uh, experience with other comic books and like, you know, juggling his multiple careers. Uh, I've only read the first volume of the Umbrella Academy, the Apocalypse Suite. Uh, There are two more uh, volumes of it, uh, but I never read them. In fact, I didn't even know about the other volumes until uh, we I started preparing to do this episode.
0: Well, apparently, Jardway's little brother is going to be releasing a
1: a comic book. Also, it's a damn dynasty.
0: So there you go.
1: Mhm. So uh, the first volume of the Umbrella Academy came out. It was a miniseries released from 2007 to 2008. Mm-hmm. So it's been a while now uh over a decade um the second volume i never read that but that was 2008 to 2009 uh and then the third volume uh was announced in 2009 uh and that they were gonna release it in 2010 uh that didn't happen uh people were still anticipating it in 2012 there was gerard way tweeting about uh its uh future um saying oh it's definitely coming but it's gonna be a really long time because of his music career (laughs) i mean it Uh, does he said he said that in 2013
0: (laughs) i was gonna say with with volume two having come out 10 years ago longer Mm -hmm it's yeah, been in, a very long
1: build-up to volume three yeah in 2015 he tweeted that he was still writing it. <laughs> and then in 2017 they announced that it would be released in 2018 well
0: that didn't happen did it
1: uh no it did it was released in 2018 and the last issue was released in uh march of this year oh okay oh wait actually no, 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 the final issue hasn't been released yet. The final issue of Volume 3 is going to be released in June of this year.
0: Well, I'm glad they got around to it eventually, because uh, not that this is, I guess, a comparable uh, one, but I remember Life Size 2, mm-hmm. <laughs> the sequel to the movie Life Size with Tyra Banks, that people were like, we're going to make a Life Size 2, like, a really long time ago, and it finally came out. December, like mm-hmm. a few months ago after having been like four or five years in the making. And mm-hmm. and just nowadays when it only takes a year to make a movie, people don't really wait around for projects anymore. Mm. Like I don't know anyone that saw Life Size 2, even though Life Size itself was super popular among my demographic. But with Umbrella Academy's uh new show, I can imagine that the hype for the third volume is It's probably a good idea to release it as the show is releasing, because then you get the intertwined hype.
1: Yeah, it seems like, um, what's the word? Timing, something timing. Anyways.
0: (laughs) Whatever you said.
1: Uh, Yeah, it seems like purposefully, it seems like purposeful marketing timing to release them uh, around each other, basically cross-pollination anyways yeah that sounds about right (laughs) well just like oh here are people who
0: who remember the comics and like them who are definitely going to watch the show who have been waiting for the third volume are finally being reminded that the third volume is actually coming out and then people seeing the show for the first time curious Mm -hmm. about you know the comics are gonna be catching up on them and reading the third volume as it comes out as well
1: yeah so, so. Uh, we've both read the first volume.
0: Yeah, I don't think I read the second volume.
1: And neither of us, of course, have read the third volume. It's not even finished yet.
0: No. Do you think um, it's going to be a volume per season?
1: Um. Big shrugs. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea, frankly,
0: well, I feel like that would be a good way to do it,
1: I suppose because you've got a very like straightforward preset arc to follow that makes each season feel co- cohesive, yeah, uh, and I also with, think and with, that that's
0: sorry, and with less than um ten issues per volume, that's a good like. We can expand on this into longer episodes if we want to
1: mm-hmm. without, you know. What kind of fucked up reality are we living in where I'm like, uh, three seasons. It seems like we could run out of material there quickly. <laughs> uh, weird, weird, weird.
0: What, you you think that's not enough seasons?
1: Uh, I don't know what I was thinking there.
0: I mean, definitely, like, everything that's popular definitely goes for longer than three seasons.
1: Yeah, yeah. I just uh, wonder, you know, how much, essentially, it's just going to be the comics. You know, Mm -hmm. how many changes that they're going to make. I'm interested. Uh, I don't remember actually especially liking the original volume that I read. It's probably why it's not still in my house.
0: Yeah, well, I I remember enjoying it, but thinking it was strange. So I don't know, maybe seeing it in a new light will like it
1: more or less. How well do you remember the story? I know I haven't read it in a long ass time.
0: I remember one of the characters is Winston.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Who? Yeah, which one is that? I don't... Number five?
0: Uh... Yes.
1: Or is that not No, that's not one of the numbers. The numbers are all human babies.
0: I well, he was a human baby, right? Was he? And then he got sent to the moon and his brain got put into a gorilla? I don't
1: remember.
0: I don't remember, but anyway, it was super weird. It was about this like eccentric rich guy who just like adopted a bunch of smart children in order to make them weird like him
1: make them superheroes they've got yeah. the masks and everything
0: but he also like they also became really fucked up adults because he wasn't like a cool dad
1: yeah they're <laughs> part of the trend of the fucked up dysfunctional superhero team uh, there's a couple of series like that uh like uh doom patrol is another series like that that got a tv show recently do you know anything about them
0: no. Is it kind of okay. like The Runaways, though?
1: No, Runaways is not on the same level.
0: No, not fucked up enough?
1: Runaways is young adult fucked up.
0: Yeah, oh, and and this is like adult adult. Yeah. Okay.
1: What do you- are
0: But, like, are you expecting the show to continue the amount of weird that the comic books have, considering that comic books- have an easier time putting in weird stuff just because of the format?
1: Um, hmm.
0: Or do you think they want to make it more accessible to an audience that's maybe never read the comic book?
1: Gosh, you see, the thing is, I, I it's hard to, I'm a difficult case when it comes to trying to wrap my head around like what the general public understands Uh, i often feel a little out of touch with what is a reasonable amount of information to know about uh (laughs) the comic book narratives and their tropes um does that mean you're trying to like suppress
0: your comic book knowledge to seem like a common man no Then I'm confused what the, what the holdup is. Um, you definitely just, know more than the average person.
1: Yeah, so I don't know how much is reasonable to think that they would cut back on.
0: Mm-hmm. I think... I think they're going to be pretty faithful to the comic books, because I'm pretty sure the majority of the audience is people who read them
1: Mm.
0: and or people who just like Gerard Way in general.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I see. I see. I never followed it that closely, so I have no idea how much, but I imagine it's a lot that Gerard Way factors into getting people into comics essentially.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I mean, as, as, as a young emo, all we were doing was listening to My Chemical Romance and reading what was the book series called? School Sucks or something like that?
1: Well you know I'm talking I about? wasn't an emo, so nope.
0: <laughs> it was a it was a it was a novel series about like a a, a high school vampire. Mm-hmm. And I remember it clearly because the covers they were really good covers for I never <laughs> actually read the books but it was a black cover <laughs> with a smiley face, and it was an open mouth smiley face with little vampire fangs, and it was a really cool design.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, aesthetics is a, like, the prime material in uh, <laughs> emo teens getting into things, I think.
0: Yeah, yeah, like, you definitely, like, you're an emo teen, and- you see a book with an apple on the cover and you don't read it until other people tell you it's about vampires. Oh my gosh. (laughs) And, but you see a book with a smiley face with vampire teeth on the cover and you're, and it's all black and it says school sucks or whatever the fuck. And you're like, hell yeah.
1: (laughs) This speaks to me. This is, this is me. (laughs) You are talking directly to myself.
0: (laughs) well if you don't have any predictions why don't we just go for it
1: yeah i just remember being in a totally different stage of my life when i read it so i might have a totally different reception to the series now me too Uh, so ellen page is in this Mm -hmm. Uh, i don't remember there being any prominent lesbian characters in the umbrella academy so is this another is this another m- movie or series where Ellen Page is going to have to pretend to be heterosexual again? Because <laughs> she's mean, not good at it. She's not good at pretending to be ha- to be fair which fair. is not a skill. frankly, I think people should want.
0: <laughs> I mean, if you're an actor,
1: <laughs> okay, fair but enough
0: i I think I think her character in the show didn't have a romantic subplot at all, so it's possible that they just gave her a girlfriend. Mm -hmm. Or, I mean, in the comic book, I don't remember that character having romance at all. So, she's probably just not gonna have romance, or, you know, we'll see how it goes. Got it. Alright, so, the nice thing about saying that this is the last show, at least for this podcast, that we're gonna watch three episodes and then judge, means that... (laughs) We can go back and watch all those shows that in December we just said we wanted to finish and still haven't. Yeah. We did finish Mindhunter. That was cool. You're never going to finish Breaking Bad, though. I'm never going to finish Breaking Bad. We will finish Escaflone and maybe
1: Gargoyles. You have to take more initiative, I guess. But we'll have time for it now. So, yeah, that uh,
0: For the last time... We are going to go watch three episodes and tell you what we think. Bon appétit. And we're back.
1: So that was, um, musical.
0: It was. Um, I did write down the soundtrack as a note I wanted to talk about.
1: Oh? What in particular?
0: Well, I mentioned to you while we were watching that um, the soundtrack felt very like late 2000s and not in that that's when the music was made, but that's when I was listening to the music in the soundtrack. Yeah, And I get the feeling I get the feeling that uh, when Gerard Way wrote the comic book, he made a playlist for it, and that's exactly what the soundtrack is. Like, back when he wrote it in the 2000s.
1: That sounds like something he would do. Yeah, it did It did start in 2007. So this first part of the story is, yeah, right in that time period. It does feel, it has the right mood to it. You know what I mean? For when the comic came out.
0: I think it's, yeah, I like it. Um, I don't have any problems with it at all. I think it's really... uh I think it's a fun soundtrack and the music is noticeable, which not a lot of people like in a soundtrack, but I think mm-hmm. it's cool.
1: Yeah, they uh, have a composer, but I don't know if they have anything to do with the, um. like, what do you call the music that is a, like an actual, like a radio song and then you put it in a show? What's that called?
0: I, I, I don't, I don't know if there's a name for that, but I guess a pre-written music.
1: I was just wondering how that part of the production worked. How you got, like, pop songs and stuff. I mean, you probably have to pay a lot of money.
0: I assume that's where most of their budget went. Except for, like, the 50s music.
1: Yeah, all the older stuff. I mean, who knows? Some some group might own that. Some record company.
0: That's true. But, um... I think it all fit, even though the music kind of ranged from you know 50s to queen to closer to 2007 it all made sense
1: yeah yeah
0: all right so we've got our seven characters
1: yeah the dysfunctional family of adopted sibling superheroes
0: yeah so the main premise is that um all of these children were born to uh mothers who were not pregnant And this uh, creepy rich guy went around and bought seven of these children.
1: Sir Reginald Hargreaves.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Because he wanted to uh, see if they had superpowers, which most of them did, and train them to be heroes, which most of them gave up in adulthood.
1: Yeah, the Umbrella Academy, very X-Men-esque team. Uh, eventually yeah, fell apart
0: <laughs> it's like this dude read x-men and was like that's me and pointed <laughs> at xavier he pointed at the worst comics that xavier it, the worst he is in and is like yeah. that's me
1: <laughs> what if xavier didn't have superpowers that he could use for big thought crimes but um but, but he was, it was like 200% w- yeah what if he was still a terrible jerk but like 200% worse
0: <laughs> yeah but pretended he was your dad
1: for real yeah you need to i'm I'm your dad for real and here is your robot mom <laughs> she is a nanny and a robot and right. also your mom
0: because i have this weird uh you know obsession with the nuclear family even though i'm training you to be heroes
1: yeah it's dark horse comics so uh, it doesn't, like, but if you were to, like, compare to, like, Marvel and DC, it does feel like it's pulling more from, like, DC properties than it is from Marvel, even though we keep talking about the X-Men.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, we, um, we we keep calling Diego Batman.
1: Yeah, he's extremely Batman. The kids I don't know that he the...
0: has a crime-fighting name.
1: Uh, bah, 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 bah. I guess it would just be, like, his number yeah two yeah also oh apparently he does have a superhero name what is it the kraken
0: okay i don't think we've heard that yet in the three episodes we watched i think no the kraken is um is is six
1: ah here he is no his uh other code name is the horror okay (laughs) diego what the fuck Diego,
0: you throw knives. You can't call yourself the Kraken.
1: I'm not sure where these codenames come from.
0: I can't find if Diego has, like, an adult crime-fighting name, or if he... Because I don't think any of them had their own names. Mm -hmm. Or I guess they did, because you said um, Ben was called the Horror. But um, I don't know if if Diego changed his name between childhood and adulthood, because he's still doing crime-fighting um yeah but i i have a question yes why is five called five and i think you're gonna give me an answer that seems
1: obvious but
0: i have a retort so go ahead
1: oh okay um that i think that when they were that young uh they hadn't started to break apart And give themselves their own names and stuff.
0: Okay, not what I thought you were going to say. Their mom gave them names. Mm
1: -hmm. Um,
0: I think Diego says that in episode one or two. He said, um, you know, dad never... I think it was episode one when they were arguing about why they should care about Sir Reginald's death. They were like, dad didn't even give us names, he made mom do it.
1: Really? I don't remember that detail at all.
0: Yeah, um, I do. So, uh, the robot mom gave them names, and that's why I think the names are, um, I want to say, like, culturally relevant to where they came from. Because the mom is just like, aha, Vanya, you're from Russia. Mm
1: -hmm. And, you know, (laughs)
0: uh, uh, Klaus, you're from Germany, right? Sort of deal. Uh Uh-huh.
1: So what are you going to think in for number five?
0: Well, so I'm like my first thought was five didn't have a name because she didn't give them names until they were older. Um, and five disappeared when he was 10.
1: But, but did that
0: thought change? There is a flashback where they, uh, in episode three, where they are all getting ready to go crime fighting. And Sir Reginald is yelling at them for not getting ready fast enough. And it's a, it's a compilation of mom like being caring and she goes to Diego and he's having a problem with stuttering and she's like it's okay diego you know sound it out we'll work on it together and so she like calls him by the name she gave him mhm and that's yeah i don't before 5 presumably disappeared
1: i super don't have an answer for this
0: <laughs> so um i don't know if that's a real plot hole or if there is like some explanation that i missed but uh mm-hmm. definitely i'm like 5 should have a name <laughs> um but yeah so there are seven kids um, in order, Luther, Diego, Allison, Klaus, five, Ben, and Vanya. Mm-hmm. Um, but the dad just uh-huh. called them by their numbers.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Their code numbers. <laughs> I, I, I looked it up why he's called the Kraken. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, his two superpowers are can manipulate thrown objects such as knives while in flight. And his other superpower is can hold breath indefinitely.
0: <laughs> okay. Yeah, I guess we just haven't seen that power yet. That's uh, not really as
1: important as his other power. But I guess he needed an animal name if he's going to basically be knockoff Batman.
0: <laughs> That's true. But like, I think the throwing stuff part is more relevant to his crime fighting.
1: Yeah. But, but yeah, he, he he's one of those dudes who like, beats up drug dealers uh, and he has like a relationship with the cop character. hmm He's like the detective who is like poking around in the evidence. He's like, you're not right. supposed to be here. And he's like, I'm a better crime solver.
0: Right. He's, he's trying to help in his weird way, but he's also really annoying. <laughs>
1: yeah he's a real anyway <laughs> jerk
0: Um, so yeah Diego is kind of a jerk he does like yell at Vanya a lot um, yeah
1: he snaps at the others really easily he's got some sort of complex
0: well and it's obvious that he never really got past their like weird and traumatic childhood because he's still doing it Whereas everyone else got a different job. Except for Luther. Yeah. Luther number one is the only one who like seems to have given a shit about their dad. Hmm. Because he went to space for him. For him? I think he went to space at his dad's request.
1: Yeah, I think that's right, but I have no idea why.
0: I don't think that it was mentioned in the show at least yet. I remember that from the comics, I think that his dad was like, "Hey, you should go uh, do some research on the moon. Mm, I may it. be fabricating
1: that, but <laughs> no I th- I think that at the very least something like that definitely happened that you're even if you're off, you're not far off.
0: right. So Luther's kind of the um, kind of the less volatile version of Diego. He, like, well, I wouldn't say that. I'd say that more the, like the well, because because Luther doesn't like Diego gets mad pretty easily, and Luther gets mad sometimes, but it's not like
1: yeah, unwarranted. Yeah, usually, yeah. he's Luther's a lot quieter. Um, I think yeah, they they they're parallel and opposite because they're both obviously the ones who care the most about doing the like missions, but one of them hates their father and the other one uh is still very lukewarm (laughs) he's he's loyal there's no love but there is hate and lukewarm (laughs) yeah i mean well he's a bad guy it would be (laughs) difficult for anyone to like him
0: um number three is allison she's an actress and um oh did we say luther's power he's very strong
1: yeah super strength
0: um, and then he gets even stronger.
1: When he after, becomes a monkey, monkey man.
0: A monkey, monkey, monkey man.
1: <laughs>
0: um, <laughs> which gets revealed at the end of episode three, and, and nobody knows how to respond, and he just kind of walks away like, I don't want to talk about this. <laughs> and everyone else is yeah. like, we didn't wouldn't know what to say anyway, so.
1: He's kind of ridiculous looking.
0: Um... Allison is an actress. Her power is uh, the quote-unquote rumorous power, where she says something and it comes true. Yeah, uh, we, we see it in action in episode one.
1: Yeah, she just, I don't remember specifically what she did, but yeah, she they're, has they're like one of the- they like stopping a robbery. Yeah, they're stopping a robbery, and she has like one of them shoot the other one in the foot. Or the leg yeah. or something. Yeah.
0: Yeah, she's like, I heard a rumor that you shot your friend or whatever. And right. so he did it. Um, and then she's also. There's a subtle thread with her throughout the three episodes where she refuses to use her powers as an adult. Um, yeah, in, because. In, I don't know why. In episode one or two, she says, like, it always goes. it. If I make a rumor, it always comes true. And that's right. why she doesn't want
1: to. Well, in episode three, she reveals that she's been using her powers in order to create her career as a superstar and to, like, keep her, like, daughter from ever acting out.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: and I and- think she sort of had, like, a, 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 a an exciting incident where that all sort of, like, fell apart and she began to, like, question her her use of the power at all.
0: Well. And I get the feeling that there was like, I mean, she obviously, so she divorced from her husband and I, he obviously has custody. So I feel like there was also some sort of legal battle where she admitted to, you know, abusing her powers in her family life. So they, you know, took her daughter away from her.
1: Very controversial.
0: (laughs) So that would also like not make her want to use them. (laughs) Um... So, yeah, in episode three, she's like, I don't even need to use my powers. Like, I can still kick ass, which is kind of (laughs) kind of true. But the people they were uh, ass kicking were not regular people either.
1: Ruthless assassins (laughs) Um, in cartoon character heads. (laughs) Um, But Allison's pretty cool. She's
0: probably the most balanced, especially when it comes to Vanya. Like, she gets mad at Vanya sometimes because everyone does she's
1: the most um palatable because she's the the star she knows how to interact with human beings in a normal and pleasant way
0: right um and she doesn't like like again like she got mad at vanya once when it wasn't like a real it wasn't really necessary but like i get where she comes
1: from (laughs) yeah characters making mistakes
0: Right. Um, number four is Klaus. He, I wrote down clairvoyance, but that's not really what it is.
1: Uh, oh, you mean his, um, psychopomp abilities. His what? Or is the psychopomp his, (laughs) like, uh, I've never heard of
0: that. Explain to me.
1: Uh, uh, a psychopomp is sort of a, a, a spiritual like a spiritual guide for like the departed.
0: Okay, I don't know that he guides them so much as gets yelled
1: at by. That's true. So he's some he's more of a, div, a div, he's more of a the traditional definition of necromancer. He is a diviner of sorts, able to like <laughs> able to be like a conduit between the after people and right. reality.
0: Um, so after their dad dies, uh, Luther insists that somebody must have murdered him. So is like, "Hey, Klaus, uh, talk to Dad," and Klaus can't do it. Um, but he does. He is constantly followed around by six Ben, who is dead. Um, he interacts yeah. with him a lot, which I'm kind of glad for. I'm glad to get Ben's perspective on stuff, even if it's through Klaus.
1: Even if Ben is mostly just very tired. <laughs> Of even having to most go the through time, Klaus.
0: <laughs> yeah, even if most of the time Ben is just like, Klaus, can you stop being so extra?
1: Please, can you like maybe eat like a regular breakfast or something?
0: <laughs> most of my notes actually are about Klaus.
1: Um, well, he's definitely the, the, the loudest, the most. I'm going to jump in front out. of the character. I'm going to jump in front of the camera
0: yeah he um he's very dramatic he um dresses in like a dramatic gothic way he I mean
1: he's dead he gets he's allowed
0: yeah he's not like worried about how people see him so he just kind of does whatever um although there is a little bit of in episode 3 Pogo like makes him feel guilty for stealing a box so he does like care a little bit (laughs) but he almost immediately abandons his quest of finding the thing that was in the box to go hang out with Five, who doesn't even want him around.
1: Yeah. Oh, I know what he is now. He's a channeler. A channeler.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: There's a lot of different words for this kind of thing.
0: There there are. That's why I was like, I don't know that the word I wrote down was accurate. Um,
1: Yeah, but because of not really being able to, like, handle being connected to the dead uh he (laughs) indulges on a lot of risky behavior
0: i don't remember seeing klaus in the scene where they were stopping the bank robbery so i can't really think of what his power was useful for in the umbrella academy
1: um i suppose if you went on a mission and like somebody died on it or if they were like dead people like let's say you run into a civilian that the bad guys killed you could talk to them and be like hey what are the bad guys up to
0: mm-hmm. fair enough um most of what we see though in his like adult life is um you know ben hanging around and then just random dead people screaming at him all the time which is why he does drugs all the time also <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's uh unclear if that's just what they're like or if they're just very mad at him for not listening.
0: I <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's it 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 is unclear because Ben's pretty chill, but like all the other dead people who interact with him just scream. So yeah. maybe they're but like, I mean... maybe it's because Ben can kind of manifest a physical form when he's talking to Klaus, but the other ones are still kind of trapped behind the veil, so to speak.
1: There's any number of possible explanations for what this is, including the fact that um, he knows Ben so well, like a, a personal connection could be making that stronger. Uh, that plus you know. We know Ben has got some something Eldritch going on with him.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, but before we get to Ben, um, there's five who's called five. Um, he can jump space and time. Don't know how they figured out he could jump time before he actually did it, because the first time he jumps time, he does it in defiance of his dad.
1: I mean, I imagine that, you know, they figured, you know, space and time are connected and related. You can mess with the space-time continuum on this axis. Theoretically, you can mess with it on the other axis. Uh, But don't, though, because that sounds like a really bad idea.
0: Right, and it was um Mm. he's also um i guess we don't see the others using their powers a whole lot but he he gets burnt out on using the time jump pretty easily it seems
1: yeah he seems to have to study the math of jumping through space and time before he's capable of doing it so you had to at least accurately yeah yeah so he appeared to have to spend like a I don't know maybe the, their, like crazy sci-fi education when they were kids ran him through a bunch of like space math in order to help him leap through space mm-hmm. but um he had to figure out he had <laughs> to figure out time by himself for decades
0: right cuz his dad just wouldn't let him that makes sense um he disappeared when he was a kid because he jumped through time forward too much and could not jump backward. Until he was older, he jumped back into a younger body, but when his siblings were adults, because he still didn't really figure it out, (laughs) he's still kind of winging it.
1: Yeah, I mean, he was by himself, and all he had was books and a mannequin to bounce ideas off of.
0: It's it's very, um, I think, funny, because the way he acts could be um, construed as like uh there are kid characters in adult movies who act like adults you know what i mean where it's like Uh oh it's it's supposed to be funny because like this kid character is acting like an adult i can't think of a specific example right now but there are definitely movies where like kids will will cuss and stuff yeah um just for like the comedic value or whatever and it could be construed as that, but he's definitely just a grumpy old man in a in a 12-year-old's body.
1: Yeah, he just wants his coffee.
0: He's like, I want my coffee, and I want you to stop talking to me. I'm trying to figure this out.
1: Don't you dare condescend to me. I've seen things you can't imagine.
0: <laughs> um, but Five has seen the end of the world which is 8 days from the day he jumped back to
1: yeah so he the time the it's clock is short. ticking until the apocalypse
0: right so he's doing his best to stop whatever is going to happen um and he obviously is losing time very fast without getting very far in right. in knowing what's what's about to go down um So he's got this whole dramatic arc while everyone else is just kind of dealing with personal drama. Um, Then there's Ben. He is the horror. He turns into a Cthulhu monster. And he's dead. We don't- we haven't seen yet how he died.
1: Yeah, I mean, you figure the guy who can explode into Cthulhu um, wouldn't be so easy to kill.
0: Well, yeah, I wonder if it was almost like like a King Kong sort of deal. Like, uh, he he got out of control, and so, you know, someone killed him on purpose.
1: Yeah, maybe- I don't know. I feel like there would be more hard feelings at the funeral if one of them had to kill him.
0: True. Well, not them, but, like, maybe cops came in and killed him. I don't know. But, um... Yeah. Uh, but anyway, he- I like seeing him when he's interacting with Klaus. He's- sometimes, um, in episode two, I think he showed up as, like, a kid- but in episode three, he showed up as an adult. So I don't know if he just kind of jumps right. around, depending on how he's feeling.
1: Um,
0: or if I misinterpreted. if I'm just remembering wrong.
1: No, I think he's just a kid in the flashbacks.
0: Okay. Um, but he does have like, he disagrees with Klaus a lot, and he's got a very dry sense of humor. And it's really fun to watch him interact with the um, very flamboyant Klaus
1: <laughs> yeah, they've got a fun dynamic. is yeah. always talking to thin air.
0: Yeah, and and it's fun because no one questions it because they know exactly what's going on. Or do they? Yeah, I mean, sometimes someone will be like, "What are you? What are you saying?" But I think most of the time he'll he will just talk to the air, and they will just continue their conversation.
1: Yeah, they seem to just be ignoring it.
0: Um. Then seven. Is Fanya, who took, like, a manager sort of role when the Umbrella Academy was, uh, working. Because- Manager? Yeah, she took on, like, a sort of managerial position. In the flashbacks, you can see her timing the others and, like, taking notes.
1: I think she was just being dad's assistant.
0: Well- Yes, because she doesn't have powers, so she was not able to um mm-hmm. join the Umbrella Academy. But he did still give her stuff to do. He wasn't he wasn't just like, "Okay, Vanya, well, you don't have powers, so go do whatever you want," I guess. He still made her like participate. <laughs> Even
1: well, though you know, she- he has his he has his own reasons for wanting to keep his hands on all of the miracle babies he can and for uh, not letting her go but uh he he did also constantly tell her that she was not special
0: right he he contributed to her ostrac- ostracization by you know not letting her participate not letting her train and they did training that was not relevant to their powers you know training them how to fight physically that she wasn't participating in um, yeah so and both
1: as a kid and as an adult, she is to an extent considered by the rest of the team a liability.
0: Right. So she was never part of the team and she never learned what to do what they do. So she's entirely average. And this show goes to great lengths to show how average she is at pretty much everything. Um, mm. You know, she plays violin, but she's third chair in the orchestra. And... Um, Which,
1: I mean... Yeah. It just means she's a normal person.
0: Right. Well, and she she wrote a book which popped off at first and quickly faded. Um, and I, it's like, I think those things are still pretty cool because I haven't published a book and I can't play violin.
1: But I understand <laughs> that for her, those things feel uh, kind of hollow.
0: Right. Yeah. For her, like, as her siblings are telling her all the time, like... That she shouldn't be involved in matters regarding their family is, like, kind of fucked up.
1: Yeah. I mean, she's got a brother on the moon and a sister who's a superstar.
0: Right. But, like, they they take a vote on whether or not, I think, um, talking to their mom about their dad's death was relevant. And they were like, you don't get a vote. And she said, I was going to agree with you. And then they were like, okay, you get a vote. And I'm like. Well, that was Diego. (laughs) She's still part of the family. Like, she still grew up with you mm-hmm like yeah, that's
1: just really not they're just going big, away
0: big asshole energy at her <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yeah um so those are the seven like a, yeah and they've all got their own different like dynamics with each other um any in particular that, like, stood out to you as, like, something any that...
0: dynamics?
1: Yeah, between the two of them as, like, siblings. Because there were some that were... Um, <laughs> um,
0: Luther and Allison are best friends. Uh, I'm... I am I don't remember if they had anything, like, going on in the comic books. They definitely... They're, they, like, flashback to them being kids, and she gives him, like, a weird look, and I'm like, ho,
1: oh, don't do it. Uh, they're definitely both, in both versions of this story, definitely, like, heavily implied, uh, if not outright stated, that they have feelings for each other. Okay. Yeah.
0: I keep seeing it, and I'm like, ho, oh, don't do it. You literally, like- I know people still don't like it, but in the case of, like, uh, uh, Life with Derek, where they only started living together when they were 17, I can get. But they were raised from birth.
1: Yeah, or... But, like... <laughs>
0: As siblings.
1: Yeah. Like, for example, like, Barry Allen and Iris West in, like, the very the very yeah, recent The up. Flash TV show... Hate it. ...were, like, raised since they were, like, kids together. It's like... They get married in that show. It's like it's like TV thinks it's okay as long as
0: one of them is a different race, so that they're obviously not related or obviously not attracted to someone who looks like them. And <laughs> you know what I mean? Because in both cases, it's it's a black woman and a white guy.
1: Yeah, that feels like a more like recent step away from like n- just accepting it you know, when they look like they could be siblings.
0: Right, but it's like, just because they look different doesn't mean they were raised any less like they were siblings.
1: Yes, of course, but (laughs) trying to, like, figure out, like, what is going on, it seems there is sort of this acceptance, I guess, or, like, romantification of this, like, concept of the step-siblings in love. When was the last time we talked about it? I feel like it was recent. I can't think of. I don't think it was recent.
0: I don't know. I just feel like I complain about it a lot about about it, um TV
1: siblings falling for each other. I mean, it's relatively common. I don't think we've talked about it recently. I just think that it's uh, I just think that every time it's egregious.
0: Yeah. So, um that relationship definitely stuck out because
1: Obviously. <laughs> In a negative way, yeah.
0: Right. I mean, they obviously, like, have a very positive relationship with each other. Um, you know, they stand up for one another and stuff, but it's uh, not the way I would like.
1: They um, have the same last name.
0: <laughs> I know. Five, despite being an an old, angry man, um, is nice to Vanya for the most part.
1: Yeah, um, but he's... He's no more rude to her than he is to, like, everyone, uh, though he is. Yeah, but
0: that's, it's, it's, it's interesting because everyone else is more rude to her than everyone else. So he treats her on par with everyone else, which stands out.
1: Yeah, he's dismissive of her as being normal in his own way, where it's like, I have to talk to you because you're the only one who might get it because you're not crazy superpower person. Mm hmm. But then he starts dismissing her as well when she starts questioning his sanity.
0: Right. But the, the interesting thing is, like, when he jumps back to... It was one of his jumps, like, the first thing he thought about, he says, like, Vanya. Like, she was the first person he was concerned for. Mm-hmm. Um, And obviously, like, he would be concerned for her first because she's, again, the only non-superpowered one. So presumably the only one who couldn't have helped herself
1: yeah perhaps some like some sense some thought of uh, her in particular being like defenseless of the most
0: yes but it's it's just nice seeing that he has like concern for her and trusts her with what he
1: knows of the future yeah but they don't have like a very deeply explored relationship i think vanya has like the most with trying to like r- relate to uh and impress and take the advice of Allison.
0: Yeah. So um Vanya and Allison are the only women in the house and they Allison is one of the nicer people to Vanya. Um that being said, she's still not really nice to her. <laughs>
1: Yeah, she snaps at her, but she is, like, especially as she, like, watches the old tapes and thinks about it more, she, like, begins to, like, realize how harshly Vanya has been, like, ostracized for, like, her whole life and is, like, beginning to, like, make inroads with, like, trying to repair that relationship. You can see that she is, like, very recently becoming significantly more self-aware of what's going on in her life.
0: Right. And and like you said, um, Vanya does seem to actually take... What Allison says to her. Like, I don't think when Diego says something mean to Vanya, she really thinks about it much other than Diego's being an ass. But when Allison says something mean about Vanya pushing people away, she actually makes an attempt to open up. Yeah. So it's kind of nice.
1: Yeah, like trying to try to develop like, connections with other people, try and develop a relationship with someone. It's, it's unfortunate that the person she wants to develop with is obviously a plant. Just, like, extremely <laughs> obviously trying to <laughs> appeal specifically to her.
0: Yeah. This this dude that comes in and is like, I've never been good at anything. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. I
0: feel so average. <laughs>
1: yeah. They don't have an especially believable chemistry.
0: No, I mean, like, again, like this comes right after her deciding to open up to people more. So, like, I get on her end why she would want to interact with this the, her only student who's not a child.
1: Yeah, um, so some which yeah. Also, but on feels... his end, it's really weird. Mm-hmm. Like he's immediately like carving her presence. <laughs> Right, and they've known each other for half a day. He's a woodworker.
0: Please go out to dinner with me. Apparently some woodworkers just, like, make everything for everyone they know because they just have so much wood.
1: Yeah, you have to get rid of it. (laughs) I have to do something with this. I can't have this stuff on my shelves.
0: Um, what about you? Any, any specific dynamics other than the ones we've already
1: talked about? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the one that stood out the most to me, uh, was, uh, Klaus and Number 5, uh, because they have the, re- oh, they have yeah. repeated, yeah, they have repeated interactions where Klaus tags along on Number 5's adventures, and they're, the way they bicker and scheme, to me, uh, reads it in, like, a very appealing brotherly relationship way.
0: Yeah, I think the way they interact is really funny and um, brotherly because um, Klaus doesn't treat him... Like, even though they all know he's an old man, um, they do seem to treat him a little bit like a kid because he looks like one. But Klaus just straight up treats him like his same age brother.
1: Yeah, he's a little, um... (laughs) explicit he doesn't really like give a shit about any age difference
0: yeah but i mean like i think he does have he would have some restraint if he actually thought five was still 12
1: yeah i appreciate (laughs) that when you know he and five like when you know five seemed to be opening up to klaus that klaus seemed to be like honestly listening and wanting to like share and open back up with open back yeah. up like in in um ex- in exchange i suppose
0: i mean yeah it seems like um the siblings kind of write klaus off has you know a a junkie who's only here to take our money which he definitely is both of those things but he's not only those things
1: yeah he's three goddamn dimensional
0: right so um yeah it's definitely nice getting him like having some fun interactions with five and opening up with five.
1: Yeah. They're all pretty fun characters and their actors do like a, a a mostly good job of coming across as both these superhero cliches and as these dysfunctional siblings with each other.
0: Yeah. It's, it's really weird because it's obviously written for each of the characters to be like a specific type
1: yeah, and they're, it's very DC, well with uh, intelligent chimpanzee and the uh, black and white opera masks.
0: Yeah, like, they're very um, comic-y. They're very uh, comic-styled, so, like, you could consider them two-dimensional, but the way that their relationships with each other is explored and the way that they act makes the characters three-dimensional. So they could have easily fucked it up, but they didn't. Um, is there anything else? I did write down, um, so my notes that were not about Klaus, uh, there's only one of them that's relevant, (laughs) um, Mm -hmm. which is, uh, robot dementia.
1: They, oh yeah, we never talked that much about Grace, but she's got a whole plot line.
0: Grace has got this whole plot line and it's weird and sad and I don't know how I feel
1: about it. I think that the confusion stems from the fact that the show leaves open the, like, question of, like, what is Grace? And, like... Yeah. The characters all come to their own conclusions about what is... about what she is and what is appropriate to do with her, but...
0: Right, um, and, like, what she means to them, though, is also... She means the most to Diego, it seems, or at least he thinks so.
1: Yeah, it varies... Uh, in a sense, like, based on how much they needed her.
0: hmm Um, and I have... Sorry, continue.
1: Yeah, and, and the, the show doesn't go out of its way to answer the question of if she is her own person or not.
0: Yeah. Um, I have a theory about what happened in between them being kids and them being adults that she seems to have kind of deteriorated so much because she does like when they were kids, she was very observant and like specifically went around to help them and stuff. And then, you know, Diego finds her as an adult doing an embroidery and she's like sticking the needle through her own arm.
1: Yeah. And the way that she like, sits around and stuff in that like big empty house i like i almost wonder if like all of them like leaving the house and her having like really like nothing to do is part of like what led to that like she doesn't
0: (sighs) they do imply that they imply that like she was made to be the nuclear mother that raises children and when
1: all of the children are raised what is she supposed to do yeah, it feels less of a, it would be like a creepy thing if they were like really like leaning into she like is a person is a woman, but they lean more into the fact that she is a robot, so I'm more comfortable with it.
0: Well, so my theory is uh, kind of a practical one where it is um, Sir Hargreaves, when she was taking care of the children, had a reason to keep her in in top shape and keep her updated. Um, But when the children moved out he kind of forgot to take care of her because she was no longer like useful in a a creepy way. Um, But that's my theory is that like he was keeping her updated and keeping her like hardware clean and stuff like that. And then when her purpose was served, he just kind of let her go and just let her do whatever the fuck. And she didn't know what to do. She didn't know what to do. And she also wasn't being kept up.
1: Yeah, I don't know if it was in. I don't know if that's entirely it but i feel like that's definitely a contributing factor um, yeah
0: i yeah i feel like my again it's just a theory i'm not like saying this is probably what happened but i think that part of it is that mr hargreaves just like straight up you know stopped cuz in the flashback he like plugs her in like when she goes to bed or whatever and then like obviously they don't show that cuz the flash forwards are he's dead but i just feel like he probably stopped doing that.
1: Yeah, it's unclear. She was there like when he's in bed uh, in the future as well. She's definitely still acting as sort of like a not a nurse, but like a maid, a caretaker. Yeah, as 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 his caretaker as an elderly man. So it's 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 hard to say Yeah, Uh, yeah. we can only, like, theorize about what happened in, like, the time skip, but I definitely feel like, you know, no matter what, she was on some level neglected, and that that definitely led to her deterioration.
0: Yeah, Um, so it was pretty sad. They kind of went over it really quickly, and Diego didn't ask anybody else if they were cool with him deactivating her, so uh, I wonder if that's gonna come back in
1: episode four
0: of someone being like, hey-
1: why the fuck did you do this? Someone questioning his decision, yeah, uh he definitely seemed to he had a take very it emotional upon himself reaction. yeah he's, he he seemed to come to the conclusion, and I'm not entirely sure that it's wrong uh, that he was the one who uh who, hard to say hard to say this, but like loved her most,
0: yeah, I was gonna say again, in his mind, they had the strongest relationship of her with any of the other kids.
1: In his mind, it might be that he's the only one who cares about her.
0: Yeah. But I mean, also, like, he feels very much that she cares about him because she helped him a lot when he was younger.
1: Yeah. I just mean he was, like, so quick to dismiss the idea of the others, like, voting all against him. That he feels like he's the only one who gives a shit. Right, right. Uh, Swinging from very sad (laughs) stories... To something very nice. I'm very happy with every scene that Agnes is in. The Lady at the Donuts. She's very nice.
0: She's pretty cool. Yeah.
1: Favorite minor character.
0: I was so worried they were gonna kill her when the, um, we haven't talked about the assassins at all, but they're not that relevant.
1: <laughs> yeah, not really. They're just kind of like
0: around. Yeah,
1: they're, they're, they're fun for that kind of like, we're assassins, but we're just going to have conversations like we're traveling business people.
0: Yeah, um, I was so scared that they were gonna kill Agnes.
1: (laughs) No, they like- uh, They killed the tow truck guy. One of them likes Agnes. Yeah, he likes donuts or whatever. (laughs) They didn't give a crap about the tow truck guy.
0: Um, but yeah, she's really cool and sweet. Uh, what about any other minor characters? I mean, there's the guy that Vanya- meets and then like half a day later decides to go on a date with uh
1: yeah he's uh, obviously
0: a plant or just a weirdo who can tell um leonard i think that's right he's got an average guy name
1: and then there's the detective detective patch
0: yes detective patch who diego keeps calling her by her real name which i cannot remember which is good because she doesn't want to be called by that (laughs)
1: yeah and uh the other detective uh who doesn't have a memorable character name uh but it, uh, his actor's name is uh rainbow Sun franks
0: hell yeah what a cool name awesome oh yeah. Hell when, yeah um the assassin that likes agnes um i was like his voice sounds a lot like ed kemper from Mindhunter, and you looked it up <laughs> and,
1: yeah it's him yeah yeah He's got a
0: very distinctive got, voice. I like it a lot. Yeah.
1: He's a good he's a pretty good actor it seems.
0: Yeah. They uh I I'm wondering if after Mindhunter he's just going to keep getting typecast as the um creepily calm bad guy <laughs>
1: uh, <laughs> because that's the two things I've seen him in so far. He's very good at complaining in a monotone way. Right,
0: right. But hopefully they um you know, put him in some more stuff. We could see him in a
1: different sort of role. Yeah. Uh, so. So. Are you going to keep watching this show? Probably. Um, I mean, it's only what? Six episodes? Is it? I thought it was ten. That's probably right. I was just guessing off the top of my head.
0: (laughs) Either way, it's not a whole lot. Um, And I do, I was thinking that like, Obviously, most of it's from the comic book. And so this is me complimenting Gerard Way more than it is complimenting the, you know, showmakers. Uh-huh. Um, but I t- do think it's really interesting to, like, come up. Here's the premise. You know, it's like to, you know, relate it back to X-Men. It's like if the creator of X-Men was like, OK, here's the premise. We've got a school of superpowered kids. Um, But fuck that we're actually going to skip forward to when they're adults and they're not fighting crime anymore. And
1: <laughs> you know what I mean? Skipping past all the shit.
0: Right, because I like any other comic book would have like really loved that crime-fighting kids shit. And Gerard Way was like- Dysfunctional children. Was like, Fuck that. I want to see the aftermath of this.
1: Yeah, yeah. He He probably looked and saw the- The prologue type of setup, like stuff like stuff like that to being like played straight uh, in comics. And he probably he probably just wanted to see them as adults. He probably wanted to take that concept further. He wanted to take it to his natural conclusion.
0: But that's why I think it's so interesting and such a I think a a different way of writing a comic book where you have the superpowered team. But your focus isn't on them, like, fighting crime and stuff. It's actually on, like, after the team broke up, you know, (laughs) and how their, like, personal lives have changed as a and have not have are normal, despite their, like, past.
1: Superhero films may have fooled you, but not all superhero comics are about... (laughs) being an action superhero sometimes i know i've i've read some of the older
0: x-men where they just kind of complain about not dating each other for a while but
1: yeah sometimes it's a soap opera
0: (laughs) (laughs) but i i just mean like i just think it's cool that like especially because they're obviously like some people don't even know what umbrella academy is that they talk to and it's so weird because it's like yeah, I guess that was a fad from twenty years ago. But like, when they followed them into adulthood, like, no one really cares about it anymore.
1: Yeah, I, I, I definitely feel like, you know, it's not the only time it's been done, but it's it's done in it's done well and in an interesting way. Uh, they were going to make an Umbrella Academy movie. Uh, it was an option way back in uh like like a decade ago they started thinking like maybe it'll be a movie and then like four or five years ago it was like eh, we're gonna do a tv series instead (laughs) yeah Uh, i think i think that was the right option yeah because it's been universal studios the whole way through thinking about being a movie making it be a tv show creating the tv show and delivering it through netflix
0: yeah, I think I think they would have had to definitely if it was a movie, they would have done only one of they would have only done the first book. Um, and they would have skipped through a lot of the like, fun stuff. So.
1: Uh, and we'll, yeah, you there's a reason that this is for TV shows and not for movies.
0: Yeah, and um, I think the show even added some stuff. I mean, obviously, it changed around the characters a little bit. Um, but I think there's, there's a... there there're definitely scenes that the show added to like add complexity and introduce their characters and personalities a bit more.
1: Yeah. I just realized that the U in Umbrella Academy is the handle of the umbrella in the logo. Nice. I feel very silly.
0: <laughs> okay. Um so, do you have a rating for Umbrella Academy?
1: Um, yeah, I haven't watched a lot of comic book based, uh, who am I kidding? I have watched a lot of comic book based TV shows, especially <laughs> live action me. ones. And, um, yeah, this is, pr- this is probably among the best. Uh, definitely with, a, um, definitely with like a lot of the shows that I've watched, they've like really struggled, um, to make anything work, but, um. This one's, you know, managed to deliver it in a way that it looks, like, engaging. And there's definitely nothing. Nothing is, like, sticking out like a sore thumb in this situation, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it doesn't look like... I don't think that the the people making this show are interested in, like, dragging it out into a multi-season affair where things are going to build up continuity and then, you know, begin to, like, deteriorate into crossovers and nonsense and no people losing passion about the show look i've just had a hard time with those cwdc shows they started out very good to me
0: yeah we we watched the first season of supergirl and then like maybe an episode of the second season and then quit
1: i i've watched a lot of seasons of the flash but i don't think i can go back to it anymore
0: yeah um they just like keep going But I think with this one, I think they're just going to do, like, a season per book where there's only three of them. Um, And then we're done with it. So, yeah. Uh, So, rating?
1: Right. Rating. Uh, A savory, because I can't think of any flaws, really.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think think it's fun to watch. I think it's something uh, you could recommend to multiple ages of people without feeling weird about it. Uh, yeah because there are definitely some shows we've watched where we felt like savory but also like you wouldn't watch it in a room with your mom um, but this one I don't uh, feel that way about yeah 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 Um. so yeah I, t- I will agree I think this is a savory and uh, I'm honestly kind of surprised that it's this good no offense to Universal but
1: I'll I'll send you the uh, Spider Verse comics he wrote. Yeah, I do. Mm-hmm. You can you can check out this you can check out the uh, the sitch with Penny Parker and stuff.
0: M- my boy, my girl. <laughs> You're,
1: <laughs> You're <laughs> my boy, girl.
0: Gerard Way writing my girl, Penny.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Okay, so. Um... I don't know how to start this conversation. Thus concludes the the nearly two-year run of TV dinner.
1: Well, damn, you're going to go ahead and say a dramatic thing first. I was just <laughs> going to say that, you know, we've been on hiatus for a while. But uh, yeah, that really cuts to the heart of the matter, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, I mean, we we have been on hiatus in the past um but the back then we weren't ready to stop we just needed a little break um and then we reformed into our uh bi-weekly uh status and Mm -hmm. i think uh i guess not to be not to like insert a weird opinion but i think we've gotten it out of our system now (laughs)
1: Uh, i don't know what you mean by that
0: i mean like tv dinner was is will forever be our first podcast and we stuck with it for a really long time and at the time of our first hiatus we hadn't even done with done it for a year and we both had super long lists of shows that we wanted to get to and my list is gone (laughs) Oh, no. Like, Umbrella Academy was the last one on my list that I really wanted to watch. Um, because I remember mentioning it on this podcast back in early 2018 when they announced they were making the show.
1: Yeah, and I feel that, like, while we have uh, drained the list of shows that we want to start, uh, the show, the list of shows that we need to finish uh, has only <laughs> continued to pile up and get seriously aggravated and worse as we continue to do this podcast
0: right because we keep watching shows that we genuinely enjoy and then you know we just have to keep watching new shows every other week to keep the podcast going so there's no time to watch the ones that we genuinely enjoyed Um, we just don't have enough
1: time in the week for tv i guess
0: but i think um i i think The experiment was a success.
1: It was fun.
0: I mean, I think we did what we set out to do, and I still think that three episodes is a good amount of time to decide whether or not you want to keep watching something.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Like, I don't think I don't think our premise is is false, you know?
1: I definitely feel like if you don't like a show within the first three episodes, um, the odds of you ever liking the show uh are like a down extremely significantly um <laughs> and you know even if you do like the show in the first three episodes you know the odds are surprisingly good that you're probably gonna like the rest of it unless it has uh a number of seasons equal to or greater than five <laughs> in which case you know odds continue to go down that you will continue enjoying it
0: <laughs> Right, you'll enjoy it up to season six and then it and then it gets worse every season post
1: season five is really that like sweet spot golden area for shows to just stop stop
0: that's really funny because um uh uh in recent news um you know season eight of game of Thrones is almost over and a lot of people online that i've been seeing were like it stopped being good after season six <laughs> they were like seven and eight were just so bad and this and that um and i think they just didn't like the direction it took which it necessarily had to take a different direction because it couldn't go in the same direction as the books um but i digress i think that kind of speaks to the five or six seasons no more (laughs) yeah but yeah i think i think in the future I even though we found a lot of duds uh with my random show picking, I we found like one of my favorite shows, so I'm still not mad about that.
1: Yeah, of course not. I feel like this was a lot of fun. Uh I definitely feel like alternating between shows that you and I pick uh opened us up a lot to trying things that were a little bit out of our wheelhouse.
0: Yeah, because um we do have pretty similar tastes. But not exactly the same. Um, So, you know, you got me to watch a lot more cartoons that I was not, like, originally planning on watching. Uh, And I got you to watch Mindhunter, which I'm surprised you liked so much. (laughs) (laughs) I got you to watch more
1: uh, uh, cop dramas. (laughs) I mean, I've watched, you know, Breaking Bad and like Mad Men and stuff. Is this like really that far out of the wheelhouse for me? No, a but
0: it's it's certainly
1: not what you usually watch. It's not what I would normally pick. <laughs>
0: um, but yeah, I had a good time with it. And uh, I'm excited to do the next podcast.
1: Not to say that we have a specific podcast meant to replace this one.
0: (laughs) No, I mean, I've got a bunch of ideas in mind that I might jump to. So um, if you already follow us on TV dinner or TVD pod at Twitter, uh, keep following us on Twitter because I'm probably going to rework that Twitter into whatever we do next. Um, Definitely follow us at D20D. pod on twitter or d20 downtime because that's our other podcast that we do with our friend molly and if you like hearing us talk uh hopefully you will very much enjoy hearing us um, pretend to be elves
1: yeah we play (laughs) DD. i mean we make podcasts so you know 50 50 chance that we do that also
0: (laughs) but yeah so if you enjoyed tv dinner and you want to stay in touch those are some good ways to do it um the email is still open, tvdpodcast at gmail.com. If you know you find this podcast postmortem and want to give us a quick shout out and tell us what you thought, um, that would be cool. Any other thoughts?
1: Uh yeah, I just um I don't know, I'd be I'd be I'd be happy and amazed to get some messages about. Uh, sending this um and uh it's it's been a lot of fun uh if we could have like <sighs> if it was like in the cards really like honestly if we, if we were like capable inside of like really keeping this going uh we definitely would but i just i feel like we can see we can see our decline we've hit our season five almost. <laughs> Yeah. You
0: know. I uh, I think I think definitely we've had enough of our like we've had four themed months. So if each of those is a season and just the rest of the podcast as a whole is a season, we're at season 5.
1: <laughs> Next time we start a podcast, let's start a podcast that has a definite end point
0: that has Oh, okay. Yeah, cuz D20 downtime is uh kind of the Tolkien-esque adventure with the uh, long forms for sure.
1: Uh, yeah i mean you know part of that campaign was started is so that we could not stop was part of the premise of <laughs> starting you know what i mean
0: because yeah. so many
1: ge- uh with that though with molly in particular you know games stopping too soon you know it, it's right there in the premise that we want that game to go on for a long while i'm babbling
0: <laughs> but yeah um be on the lookout. We got some cool stuff coming down the pipeline. Um, And so I guess it's we never did come up with a sign off.
1: Nah, that's okay. Hold
0: on. I I need to find, it's not going to be a food quote, but let me see if I can find something uplifting. Okay, so here is a quote by Frank Herbert. And I think this is relevant to what we've been saying which is um you know we're done with tv dinner but we're not done making podcasts and we're not Mm -hmm. done like watching and enjoying shows obviously um so this quote by frank herbert there is no real ending it's just the place where you stop the story
1: Bye. bye a great quote from the guy
0: who wrote dune